following is a special presentation of the Benefit of the Dowd podcast. From Chicago, it's the Doubting Thomas podcast with Clifton Thomas and your host, Welcome to the Doubting Thomas Monthly Recap for March 2022. Once again, just the other day, Cliff and I were chatting and I looked at the calendar and said, oh crap, we need to do a Doubting Thomas Monthly Recap because this is not a regular enough thing, apparently. We've only been doing this for like 15 months now. So anyway, joining me for the Doubting to my Thomas, no, the Touting, the Thomas to my Doubting is Clifton Thomas. How are you doing, Cliff? Oh, you know, <laughs> you can't you can't hear it on the on the high quality, but I'm mouthing words to myself while Cliff answers. Anyway, it's been a week, uh, so uh, yeah, we're continuing on with our with our unusual or our different not unusual different format for Doubting Thomas Monthly Recap because the top stories for this month were the MWC Recap, which Cliff was part of, the Samsung Galaxy S22 Review, which Cliff was part of, the Lenovo Legion Review, which Cliff was part of, and the Nothing Discussion that we had, which Cliff was part of. So, uh, once again, I don't know that Cliff will have anything to add. I mean, maybe we can uh, talk about nothing a little bit more, because it seems like maybe there's a little bit more... I don't know if really anything's happening. Um, Nothing's got a one more thing coming tomorrow, which is um, either... Um, which is either a an April Fool's pa- prank or it's they're they're gonna launch their launcher because they said they would put out the launcher right. in April, so it could be that or it could be just nothing. It could be it could be nothing. It could, it's whatever nothing, it is, even when it is nothing, it's just, whatever it is. It's gonna be nothing. And if I recall, they actually showed off whether it's actually you know real or not, but they showed off a, a picture. Of the uh, like the uh, the bottom of, of some kind phone, of phone, right? Yeah. yeah, so looks a little curvy. So yeah, it it does, it does, and actually, you know, I noticed the bottom bezel looks super like tiny, like minuscule, like it seemed like it was going like all the way up to the rounded rounded edge part, which is you know, which is nice because you know, uh, often you get that bottom chin. Yeah, exactly. And speaking of. Bottom chins. I also have in my possession the OnePlus 10 Pro, which came out today. Uh, This is no longer under embargo, so I can talk about it, which is nice. I've been using the phone for about... um, Only about five days, actually. I've had the phone since mid-last week. Um, Funny enough, I actually got the uh, the job. I actually got the phone literal minutes after my briefing on the phone ended. Like, we hung up. My doorbell rang, <laughs> and I went and picked up the phone. So it would have been nice to have this during the briefing, but it wasn't strictly necessary. It was pretty much just a recap of the um, of the press release. Um, hey, guess what? I can still see 120 hertz on it. And you know what? I think I think I kind of know what it is. Like I think, you know, despite the fact that that OnePlus says fast and smooth, I think that OnePlus intentionally makes animations just a little bit slower 
and a little bit and therefore a little bit more smooth. Hmm. So like while I'm pulling down the notification shade, I don't know if I don't know if you'll be able to see this, but like while I'm pulling it down, it's like it's it just moves very smoothly as opposed to like other things which just kind of like, you know, they flick down with your finger. This kind of like just goes yeah, I'm good. It's got a, got <laughs> a little know? inertia to it. It has a little inertia to it, I think. Mm-hmm. And I think that might be like the ultimate difference, but I can see. I mean, like I can see this. I still don't care, but I can see it. Well, I, and I'm I going would, to maintain think, that position. And, and, and this is this. I think this is you know a possibility is that uh, the good folks over at OnePlus have been listening to the Benefit of the Doubt podcast, and of course, you know, and they noticed that uh, you had said that you can't tell when there's a high refresh rate screen, and so they wanted to uh, do you a solid, and and you know, <laughs> they wanted to be the ones <laughs> exactly. <laughs> It's, you know, it, it's very possible. So um, I haven't played with the camera like at all. In fact, most of my knowledge of the phone comes from reading reviews that are out there. You know, I've been using the phone, which is great. Um, I've also changed my charging habits hmm. because of this phone. Hmm. Now, OnePlus included a 65-watt charger in the box with the phone, which is, you know, similar on par to... It's not on par. It's on par to like the gaming phone, the Red Magic phone that I that I was reviewing as well. That's also a 65 watt charger. So they included this in the box. There's a little controversy around it because overseas you get an 80 watt charger. Here you only get a 65 watt charger. But the nice thing is this goes from dead to full in 34 minutes. And with an 80-watt charger, it goes from dead to full in 32 minutes. So it's really only a two-minute difference. Well, it's 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 a scientific fact that, that when you cross over into the uh, Western Hemisphere, phones are more likely to catch on fire or, or overheat. And so that's... This is know, true. Yeah. This is true. So anyway, so because of that, because of OnePlus's promises of fast charging, I am not plugging my phone in overnight. Instead, I'm plugging my phone in when it drops below. It's anywhere between like 20, 15 to 20%. When it gets down to that, I will plug it in for half an hour and it is topped off and ready to go. So I'm kind of like OnePlus is basically daring me to stop charging my phone overnight. So I'm tr- I'm going to stop charging my phone overnight and I'm going to see how it goes. I'm going out of town this weekend and I'm going to maintain this pattern. So I may wake up Sunday morning ready to get on a plane with a phone at 20%. Mm. That's very possible. Now, if that's the case, I plan to wake up at least a half an hour before we have to leave. So I plan to top off my phone right before we go to the airport. Bada bing, bada boom, full phone. No problem, right? It, ju- mm. it would be just the same as if I went to sleep with it It really does. Charging. It does spoil you. Spoil you. I have a, a, a real me... GT that has the 65 watt charging mm. technology, the Super VOOC technology, and it does. I mean, it's it's fast enough to where you can actually watch the percentage ticking up. You know, it's yeah. not like watching yeah. the boiling pot of water that you come back and oh, it's charged a few points. That you can actually see it charging. Yeah. Now on this on in the on the OnePlus, they actually do decimals, so they'll do like one point two percent, one point three percent, one point four percent. So I mean, and it ticks up pretty fast, like tick tick tick. You know, it's it's pretty mm-hmm. going pretty fast there. So, uh, yeah. Anyway, so that is something that we are probably going to talk about in more depth within the next two weeks. So stay tuned for that. 
And Cliff also has a Motorola Edge Plus that he bought and will undoubtedly return at some point. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so we'll be talking about that phone as well. And once again, I don't want this to be a phone's podcast, but here we are. It's it, just kind of, it's it just kind of how it's working way. out. It just kind of, it just happens. Yeah, it is what it is. But that's uh, that's fine. That's great. That's great. We we love phones. We are we are who we are. So... Well, my, my phone unfortunately only has a thirty watt charger in the box. Oh wow! Yeah. What are you gonna yeah. even, What are you even gonna do with that? That's terrible. That's Re- just terrible. Return it. It's terrible. You you probably are. <laughs> but no, I mean in all seriousness, yeah, you are gonna return that phone. But look at the look at look at the the color shifting there. Huh? Yeah, huh? that is pretty. That is pretty, and uh, I did not review that phone for Digital Trends. Uh, one of my freelancers did, and he came away. It was it was a good phone. Was, I mean, it probably wasn't the you know, Amazeballs phone that Motorola would like us to call it, but it was it was a good phone. It was a pretty good phone. Yes, yeah. and uh, I'm a little disappointed true. that you didn't get the the case and the pen with it though, because I kind of wanted to see how that was going to work out. But. Yeah, no. If I didn't do it with, uh, you know, a, a Galaxy S21 Ultra, I'm definitely not going to do it. With Understood. Mm. That's fair. That is a very fair point. Okay, so we should get into the stories of the month. Oh, no, I was going to, we were going to talk about something. Um, we, we talked about it, we mentioned it briefly off the air. There is a TV show called Ships of the Northern Fleet. Hmm. Which is, I just learned about this the other day from my friends over on the Two Girls, One Podcast podcast. And shout out to Allie Gold, who, you know, friend of the show. This is an entirely made up TV show based on an entirely made up set of books. (laughs) And it was a steampunk fly uh, it was like ships flying around with different characters and and like different actors that have signed on to play characters and this is so this started on tiktok Hmm. and it was uh it was a writer's uh creation he said we're going to i don't remember the exact terminology he said we're going to participate in a mass delusion experience (laughs) where we're all going to talk about a show which was based on a series of books called Ships of the Northern Fleet. And that's all he said. And people just started making up characters for this thing. Like, <laughs> oh, that's right. I remember Captain, you know, Barnabas Rufus or something like that. And the the one time that he, you know, was was trying to chase the dragon down and had to shoot his harpoon, but he actually missed the dragon and ended up... Uh, winging it instead and the wing got caught up in the harpoon rope and like you know and basically people will make up things that they remember about this show and about these books and it's gotten to the point i kid you not that this tv show that never existed and never will exist has an imdb page (laughs) they've spoken into existence while they not. have willed it into existence, and there is a there is a fan base surrounding this TV show. There is merch for the TV show, <laughs> and and they arguably sell more merch than I do. So I'm a little upset by that. I I kind of want to get 
some merch from it now. I want it. There's a T-shirt that says, uh, "Is like swiggity swaggity, let's blow up gravity," <laughs> and it says "Ships of the Northern, Northern Fleet" on the bottom of it. I really want that shirt, honestly. <laughs> So, uh, like, if, yeah, if anybody, you know, if, if you don't have to be a patron, benefitofdoubt.com slash, uh, or patreon.com slash benefitofdoubt, you don't have to be a patron, but if you do want to send me a, a swiggity swaggity, we, let's blow up gravity t-shirt, I will accept that with thanks. My DMs are open. Anyway, so I just, I just thought this was kind of hilarious, and they talked about this on the Two Girls One podcast podcast. I haven't listened to that episode yet, but I just saw it mentioned in their Discord, and so I just started doing some, like, preliminary, like, research into it, and I just thought, I'm, like, absolutely in love, and I think I might be a fan of a TV show now. <laughs> well, uh, I I hadn't heard about this. I, I am uh, intrigued, and I want to know more. Well, get on TikTok. Yeah. <laughs> and Google Ships of the Northern Fleet. You know, here's the thing. You know, I have been very hipster about TikTok. I hate to say this, and part of it is because my wife is obsessed with TikTok, and you know, even when we're watching TV, has her phone in her hands and 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 is on TikTok. And so, I mean, while I have a TikTok account, I think I've created a total of like two videos in the time that I've had it. And I I think I've created like maybe four. I so yeah, you but no I big didn't deal realize there. that there's that I forget what it was called, but it's like your TYT or something. It's your like you can, you can. Uh, narrow down what you what you, you see in in your feed to sort of your interests, which I didn't oh, really? realize. Yeah. Hmm. So, like as an example, my wife sees uh, art instruction stuff and a few other things. You know, stuff that's more related to to her, um, right? As far as her life. So, well, with that said, it might actually be something that I might uh, you know check out. So we'll see. Yeah. I, I enjoy it. Like, I haven't been on TikTok as nearly as much as I used to, but I still will. The problem is when I go on TikTok, I'm on it for hours. I know. And it's like each of those videos are only like 60 seconds long. And I actually think now they're like three minutes long or whatever. But I will be on that thing for hours. I and really, it's just it's just, just it's such a time suck. I want to see what smartphone TikTok is like. Um, yeah, smartphone TikTok is is even more addictive, I would say. It's it's a little frightening, I gotta be honest. But they just they have such cute dogs. I know. And and really, I mean that's that's really what it's all about. Okay. Let's start talking about the We've the month from that phones was. to dogs on TikTok. Yep, 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 yep. And we gotta get we gotta get through this before my kids get home. So as long as we were just talking about the one plus uh, the one plus ten pro, let's talk about Oxygen OS. Now, my colleague over and I and we we linked to a story, and I want to say this was early in the month. This was on our first episode of the month. We linked to a story called One Plus Walks Back Unified OS Plans. Oxygen OS is here to stay. And my chief, my my top reviewer at Digital Trends, Andy Boxall's like, but is it really? Uh, it's kind of what I was thinking. Yeah. So, like, you know that meme with the dude from, I think, Nickelback holding up the picture who, yes. like, zooms in on the picture and then he's holding up a picture and it zooms yes. in on the picture and he's holding up a picture? Well, poor Andy reviewed the Oppo Find X5 Pro, the Realme GT2 Pro, I think it was, and then the OnePlus 10 Pro all back to back, and they are all the same 
phone. Mm-hmm. It's Color OS. <laughs> it really is. Like it, it. So so, and that was, and actually, I believe he had an article that was going up today or maybe tomorrow. I don't know. I edited all of them a day, but a day ahead of time, so I don't. I don't know when it's going up. But he had an article that that basically made the argument that. OnePlus says that Oxygen OS is 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 alive and well, but he's not so sure. Now, <laughs> I have to wonder. Now, first of all, I did want to show you. I did want to show you this. Um, when you long tap on an on an app and you click on app info, I don't. You probably won't be able to see this because it's going to be yeah, washed it's out. It's basically but, a, a block of white. It's, it's all it's all blurry too. Yeah. Let me see if I maybe crank down the brightness. Maybe that'll help yeah no it's still all blurry anyway I can so see it a little bit but yeah so you can see it a little bit now so up at the top there there's three options that say open for stop and uninstall and did we mention this on the podcast we might have already but uh it says no it's it's too bright anyway it says open for stop and uninstall the only thing is it doesn't say uninstall it says uninst <laughs> because the I all we, i think you mentioned this on uh or did you just tell me this off the air? I can't remember. I might have. We might. I think we, we just might discussed have it, it off the air. Yeah, it might have been off the air. Anyway, no. You know what? I couldn't have talked about this on the air because it was embargoed up until right, today. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah, we must have been off the air. Anyway, so it says uninst <laughs> dot dot dot, and the thing is, like, it's not the three buttons are on their own in the row. It's not dependent on like the name of the app. Or right. something that's pushing it over and forcing it to truncate. It's like basically the developer said, "Oh shoot, we're out of phone. Screw it." <laughs> and like, you want to talk about how amazing Oxygen OS is as a piece of software? Uninst does not belong on an amazing piece of software. <laughs> now, look, am I nitpicking? Yes, one hundred percent, absolutely. I am nitpicking. I will not argue that point at all. But it's just okay, and, and and I should also say for the record, I have never been impressed with Oxygen OS. It was like always, eh, it's okay. It was never like the Amaze Balls um, piece of software that I had to use if I ever wanted to, you know, possibly understand the majesty of of OnePlus. So now there are, there are a lot of customizations. You know, you can do the different home screen modes. You can do the different home screen layouts. You can, you know, lock your home screen. You can do, you know, I'm just kind of going down the list here of like the home screen options here. Raise to wake. You could do the gestures on the turned off phone to like turn on the flashlight, mm-hmm. which work maybe 50% of the time. So, I mean, like you can do all that and that's all kind of, kind of cool stuff but like in terms of yeah it's not as cool as that it's not as cool as the chop chop um even though you just washed out your camera for a bit for a little <laughs> a little bit there. I, I think anyway okay. so it's like like one i'm going to defer to andy in this particular case because he did just go from color os to color os to <laughs> to oxygen os and so if there's anybody who's in a position to understand this it is andy and, you know, I will also point out that a couple of other reviews that I read, uh, Sasha, C- Sasha Segan, most notably from PC Mag, said the exact same thing. The hardware is great. The software is trash. So, like, I, as much as OnePlus wants to claim that Oxygen OS is alive and well, we're not so sure. And and Andy is really not sure. So, and we've had, like, long conversations about this. So, I mean, I, I don't really have a point here, <laughs> except... 
you know, to point out. How have you liked Oxygen OS in the past? Have, have you ever, have you ever last, been an Oxygen OS that, disciple? So the last time that I used um, Oxygen OS in any kind of meaningful way was when the OnePlus 9 came out. Um, okay, that was last year. Yeah, so that early, right, or, or even, was it 2019? No, it was, it was yeah. 2020. It was last year. Uh, so, I was at Android Central. Yeah, that's all right. <laughs> Um, I think my favorite version of Oxygen OS that I used was actually on my one, one plus seven T and okay. that was a while ago. And then, yeah, I, I feel like once, um, software teams got merged and, and the op opification of one plus began in, in earnest, I think, um, I think the quality of the software just in terms of its it's like uh stability and things like that has has definitely degraded at least in my opinion. And and I'm not a Color OS hater or uh, for that matter an Oxygen OS hater, but I I mean I'm the kind of person that wishes that Cyanogen mod had stayed around with <laughs> from the original yeah. OnePlus. I mean that, Although, that's like a whole different conversation, right? But uh yeah, I mean I I always liked sort of the minimalism of of uh of, of their OS or their their version of Android back in the day, and I I liked how mm. easy it was to customize, and uh, so that yeah, and 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 how it was community driven. But um, it it feels like uh, even on I don't want to say poor translations, but it does not feel like that the polish is is there like it used to be. Mm. Well, and I think that you know, I I, I have to wonder what the trade-off was because OnePlus basically officially told everybody, Hey, we're sharing resources with Oppo and everyone else is like, yeah, duh, <laughs> duh. But it seems like when they formalized that relationship, it's, it seemed like that there were some uh, caveats that came along with that. Like, you know, we're going to, you know, it seemed like that, you know, basically Oppo kind of took, took control of the software and not not only that but like just a lot of the r&d a lot of the development cycle a lot of that stuff seemed to shift over towards oppo because right. that's where that's where that's where daddy bbk wants wants to spend the money so i mean in, in a sense i kind of get that but at the same time it's you know it's a it's i don't want to say it's unfortunate because i think OnePlus in the long run, is going to greatly benefit from this relationship. I think they're probably going to develop even faster than they would have on their own sure. because of these shared resources and because, you know, what happens to one will happen to the other. And so there's that much more motivation to push this stuff forward. So that's great. But at the same time, you know, and, and without being nostalgic for a piece of software that I never really cared about to begin with, right. I but I understand. Like I'm, you know, I'm empathizing with the OnePlus faithful out there who really dug one, you know, Oxygen OS. I totally get that. You know, you are allowed to like whatever software you want. I'm not going to yuck your yum. Oh, I knew it was I coming. Gonna... I knew it was coming. <laughs> exactly. So, but I'm not going to say. But at the same time, you know, I need to point out that, you know, it seems like what OnePlus said is not actually what's happening at least as far as my as at least as far as Andy Boxall is concerned <laughs> so well, I, yeah. I I will say that I I am and I think I've said this on a previous podcast that I'm kind of out on OnePlus right now I I don't there's nothing that particularly appeals to me about their devices at least in their the high end compared to the competition I don't think they that mm -hmm. they do anything better than um like a Samsung for example I really don't yeah 
I I agree. And you'll recall last year, the only reason, you know, like I was ecstatic when Android Central said, here, you can have our OnePlus 9 Pro to to play with because I pre-ordered the OnePlus 9 Pro for this podcast oh, in order right. to review it for this podcast. And, you know, I, I said it at the time, you know, I have ordered iPhones. I have ordered Samsung phones. I have ordered Google phones. The OnePlus phone was the only one that I felt bad about ordering because I really didn't want it <laughs> and 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 so you know here we are <laughs> right i i feel bad about that because the one plus nine pro actually turned out to be pretty good but like you know here we are a year later and you know i i i'm using the phone it's it's a good phone i have i have zero problems using it and i'll be honest i'm kind of enjoying the fast charging aspect of it sure. like fa- fast charging was something that never really mattered to me because i always charge my phone overnight so i'm forcing myself to live that one one plus life yeah. as it were so and and you know there will be a there will be an editorial on digital trends about that so keep an eye out for that later in the month though because i've got a lot of work to do between then and now but uh, anyway, we should move on to another phone that I played with this this month. And I'm still on the fence as to whether or not I'm going to write this feature or not. But I did use the OnePlus, the, the, One <laughs> the iPhone SE this, uh, for all of about four days. Because I was using the iPhone mini, which honestly wasn't bad. Like, I, I was using the iPhone mini. The battery life was okay. I never really went out anywhere, though. So, you know. And even when I do go out, my car my car mount is a, a MagSafe charger. So, uh, you know, whenever I did go so out, yeah, it was on are, the charger. You are equipped to not to have to worry so much about app, uh, iPhone battery life. I am very well equipped to not worry about iPhone battery life. (laughs) So anyway, so this past weekend, I switched to the iPhone SE, and right around that same time, Michael Fisher came out with like a sort of re-review, a six-month review of the Surface Duo 2. And he was pointing out how the software was a lot better. I didn't really dislike it all that much six months ago in fact i told my editor at the time aj i'm not going to shit on this phone just because it's popular to shit on this phone i actually kind of dug it so anyway um so i just wanted to see one of the things that michael said during his review was if you're going to use the surface duo great but have a smartwatch Hmm. because that's how you're going to get your notifications because when the surface duo is closed there's no notifications. There's no outside screen. They do have this like little yeah, glance little bar, which part, basically know. nothing works on. So, yeah. so he said, you know, just make sure you have a smartwatch. And so I said, okay, I'm going to do you one better. I'm going to have my Apple Watch paired to the iPhone SE as my primary phone, and then I will ca- I will do everything on this phone. So I'll get notifications on the Apple Watch, like I've got a new, you know. Facebook message or something like that. Whatever. I don't use Facebook, but anyway, I've got a new tweet or something. But then, you know, I would open up the the Surface Duo, do whatever I need to do, and then, you know, put it away. That did not go as planned. Oh? <laughs> so, well, because it was fine, but... And coincidentally, I just happened to have a lot of SMS activity over the weekend. So, like... I obviously couldn't do that from the Surface Duo. I had to do that from the iPhone SE. Now, I could have used 
Siri to do those interactions, and that would have been terrible. But for like making outgoing phone calls, I actually did do that. Like if I had to call my wife for whatever reason, I would you know hey blank, and then I would you know say call my wife, and it would initiate the call, and I would take calls on the watch and stuff like that. And I was still able to use a lot of the apps that I would normally use, like opening up my lockbox, opening up my garage, you know, stuff like that. Right. But when it came to like you know just just basically replacing the teeny tiny iPhone SE with the gigantic um, Surface Duo, that did not go according to plan. And it also occurred to me that I was carrying around $1,529 basically worth of tech to do what my 899 (laughs) OnePlus 10 Pro could do. So it just seemed like at the end of the day, it was it was just a silly waste of resources and just a, like a really ridiculously complicated way to do something, which I guess it was a fun experiment. It's a great way to test your pockets. It, it was a great way to test my pockets. It was an amazing way to test my pockets. But you know, I may repeat this this experiment again just to see if I can maybe get a little bit more mileage out of it or something. Maybe try to do it for like a you know a couple of weeks. See, the other reason why I wanted to use the Surface Duo Two was because Digital Trends is a Microsoft shop. So we use Outlook, we use Teams, right. we use you know SharePoint. We never use SharePoint. We actually use Google Docs half the time, but. Um, we use we we're a Microsoft shop basically. Mm-hmm. So when whenever we're communicating with somebody, it's coming through Microsoft services, which is fine. Like those services are fine. I've never used I, I haven't used Outlook this extensively in decades. But <laughs> but here I am. Little I, did I'm you know, he's now. actually seventy years old and and uh, mm. yeah, he's just aged really well. No, the last time he used, uh, I mean, it was a decade. Because the last time I used Outlook was when I was working at the call center. Oh, really? Even before Brushfire or whatever the company? Branchfire, Branchfire. yeah. Branchfire was all Apple. That was an hmm. Apple shop. So we used, I think I used Gmail for that. Um, <clears throat> but anyway, so I, I wanted to use, yeah, it was weird. I wanted to use, no, yeah, actually, because we had G Suite. That was what we okay. did all of our work in. So anyway, I wanted to use the Surface Duo for a while and see how that would work out using all these different Microsoft services. And like in that regard, it was actually pretty good. But there's still some weird software hiccups in there that still need to be ironed out. That's fine. You know, it's a seven. It's a se- it doesn't have to be better than a, se- a seven. It's a seven phone. I mean, that's right. really what right. it boils down to. It is. It is nice <sighs> that because I'll tell you, that's that is the difference, though, between the Surface Duo two and the surface duo was that there were almost no updates for the original duo, Mm. which is one of the reasons I no longer have a duo. (laughs) Yeah. And and the thing is like, you know, I fired up a duo for a for the first time in a long time. It had been months since I last used it. So when I fired it up, I had like three (laughs) major updates to install, which was, you know, kind of a nice surprise. And I'll be taking the duo to uh, with me to new Orleans. So, That'll be that'll be nice, and mainly it's gonna I'm it's I'm gonna use it as like my work phone while I'm there because you know I'm still gonna be getting Teams messages and Outlook messages and stuff like that, so I'll probably use a Duo for that, and that'll be great. So for all of the uh, criminals in uh, uh, to where you're you're headed to, oh goddamn how <laughs> how many phones will you be carrying? Uh, Just so I'm they gonna know. Have a, 
I'm gonna have a bandolier. I'm gonna have um, <laughs> no. Let's let's do the math. Uh, six. Oh, I think goodness. no five. 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 I think only five. Yeah. Oh, okay. Only five. So yeah. And by the way, New Orleans is the only city in the world I've ever been pickpocketed in. So <laughs> we'll see how that goes. But uh, yeah, I didn't know so, if you were telling everybody where you were going, so I just said that city. But yeah, New Orleans. Oh no. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to New Orleans for the weekend, uh, courtesy of AT&T. We're going to talk about some 5G, uh, some hot 5G action. Oh, good. That is a digital trends trip, by the way. Will you ask them why your, uh, why your OnePlus 10 Pro won't work with AT&T 5G while you're there? Well, actually, I do, you know, remind me to tell you a story about that off the air. <laughs> But anyway, uh, so let's move on. This month, Apple launched the first driver's license and state ID in wallet in the state of Arizona. And I mentioned this on, I think it was last week's podcast. I mentioned this was two hiatuses ago that Apple mentioned that they were going to do this and they finally got it to roll out. Mm -hmm. And it is in the state of Arizona. And um, it's my understanding that our how-to uh, article on digital trends on how to add your state, uh, how to add your state ID to your wallet, performed very well. So that's nice. But the reason I brought this up was not really, you know, we we talked about this a little bit, but I was just curious. You know, me and you, we can we can we can talk about this. Right? How willing are you, assuming your state put it into place? How willing would you be to? Put your ID into your phone. And, of course, we're talking about iPhones here, which doesn't apply to you all that often and only applies to me six months out of the year. I'm actually but, I'm actually carrying an iPhone right now. I'm carrying two phones. Oh, are so, you? Yeah. Carrying okay. an, uh, an XS Max. So not the latest and greatest, but it's still a good phone. Yeah, um, yeah absolutely. Sure. Um, given that it's Apple, I actually w- would uh, feel pretty comfortable with it i think i think mm-hmm. if it were i i think i'd be okay with it with google too i don't think i would be comfortable with like um an oem like a samsung or something if it was like not mm. os level you know what i mean like it, it needs to be someone that has that. a lot of of uh security experience not that okay. samsung is insecure i don't want that was just kind of I was gonna say, samsung has knocks they're knocks. pretty hardcore yeah, about are. security so yeah, but I that was just you know what, but it but it's the difference between you know uh, owning and developing the OS uh, versus just developing the hardware and then having some yeah, you know it, it's just the the depth of it. I'm, and there and there may be no real reason for me to say that honestly. It's just sort of my gut in terms of what I would be comfortable with. I I don't I would not want it to obviously be my only method of I of ID. Right. Right. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, I, I think I said this on the podcast, too. I think my my version of this would be similar to how I use Google Pay or Apple Pay. I still have the credit cards on me. Right. Exactly. Right. <laughs> you know, it's just, you know, you get you get less yeah, stairs if you. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, I, I definitely agree that, you know, I would I would not make that my only source of ID. And actually, right now, I think they said in the state of Arizona, it's only at the Phoenix airport where they'll take it. Mm. So it's not even like if you get a traffic stop, you have to, like, hand over your iPhone or something like that. It's, it's only in specific designated places. And I'm also kind of curious as to, like, how they are 
getting the ID? Is it like a thing where you like pull up a picture of it and you like show it to them and it's and it's legit? Or is this like an NFC thing where you like tap a terminal and it's like, bing, here's my ID? You know, like you know what I mean? So here's what I've been thinking about with this uh, ever since I, I I had you had you had to put in sort of the the agenda for us to talk about today that um. Yeah. And I don't know. I know that this is something that's in the works, being a digital ID from the government specifically, right? I This is where my comfort level would actually be a lot better. I don't know why, because it's not like I should feel great about the government's <laughs> security necessarily. But right, number one, it would be universal, at least for, you know, this country. And... uh then it could be implemented across different devices and platforms. And so what, what do we, this is something I've been thinking about with, with, with uh, electric vehicles, right? Right now with electric vehicles, there's a whole bunch of uh, different manufacturers trying to push their specific, I don't want to say like they each have their own um, proprietary charging solution, but it's close. It is close yeah. to that. <laughs> and and what's weird about it is, is you'll hear something like, oh, well, so-and-so is, is partnering with Starbucks to have <laughs> charging charging uh, stations in a Starbucks parking lot. Like, it, it doesn't make any sense. It should be a... It, it should be, like, more like, a, like gas stations. It doesn't make any sense that it should be, like, oh, if I have a Ford electric vehicle, then I can only go to a Starbucks. And, a Starbucks. It, or if, just, I, have it's a, very if like, I have a Chevy, then I have to go to a Dunkin' Donuts. Right, exactly. <laughs> it's not It's not quite that bad. But the, the point is, it, there's no like universal standard that's being rolled out so that you know I can use my electric vehicle with any or most yeah. charging stations. And it just feels very piecemeal. I don't know, understand why the government isn't regulating the shit out of it. Because before yeah. too much infrastructure gets created, and this is why this is like sort of a a really abstract way of the same way I'm kind of thinking about you know um, digital IDs, right? Because I, I mm-hmm. don't want it to be like an Apple specific thing or a Google specific thing. It needs to be something that works across different platforms, and that's where now we'll we'll feel more comfortable about it. Right. No, I totally agree. And yeah, you're right, because this could turn into an Apple versus Android thing right. and different standards, different implementations. And it's probably something that should be. Oh, wow. Sorry, I was just randomly scrolling my Twitter feed and I saw that E3 is canceled. I saw that. Yeah. What happened? I don't know. I, I saw the headline. Wow. All right, I'm just gonna I'm gonna speed read this here for a second. If only I was a gamer, game then I would actually care. Shifted from an in-person event to an online only. Now it seems the digital event has been completely canceled. Growing concerns: COVID-19 in-person making prospect of a very large and famously packed event unattractive. Yeah, I'm going to the Final Four this weekend. <laughs> Last week, <laughs> number of video reported oh video game industry professionals reported testing positive for COVID 19 mm. after developing after t- attending gdc oh crap my colleague was there mm. um <laughs> video game publishers have increasingly withdrawn from e3 in favor of hosting their own events like nintendo direct and ea play live and sony right. state of play um Jeff Kate Knight Jeff Ky- Kylie, I don't know how to pronounce his last name, smoothly stepped in to announce that his summer game fed is, is confirmed for June, so that's nice. While not having E3 at all bodes ill for continued health of the show, yeah. 
Uh, tweet said E3 will return in 2023 with a reinvigorated showcase that cele- celebrates new and exciting video games and industry innovations. Unfortunately, if it's E3 in 2023, the video games that are they're going to display are not going to come out until 2026. Yeah, exactly. But okay, so wow, that's some big news, Meh. huh? <laughs> well, yeah, I know we're not gamers, so that's not big deal for us. But hey. that's going to go in the uh, that's going to go in the rundown for this weekend. It's uh, interesting. Which I'm going to be writing um, after we're done recording this. Right. <laughs> it's interesting that uh, this feels like a delayed reaction kind of thing. When when COVID finally starts to, I don't want to say it's calming down, but the uh, I mean it, at least in my state, the amount of uh, hospitalizations of <laughs> are right until the next wave, I guess. But um, you right. know, I. It's probably out of an abundance of caution, and it's probably a good thing they're, that they're doing. Yeah, so. yeah, no, 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 no shade. For sure. For that. I mean, I, I'm i still kind of wondering if maybe it's still a little bit early to be, you know. Me too. Throwing caution to the wind. My wife was telling me the other day she was thinking about stopping wearing a mask at work, and I'm like, why? And she's like, I'm just tired of it. It's a terrible excuse, but there it is. I'm like, okay, that's fair. I mean, I'm not going to make you wear it, but yeah. it's, you know, I still wear a mask when I go to Target. I'm going to wear a mask on the plane, you oh, know. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. Especially on the plane. Yeah. All well, right. Especially what should we circle yeah, back gonna... to here? Uh, yeah, what were we talking about? <laughs> I don't even remember. Oh, we no, were talking we were about talking digital IDs. Digital IDs. Yeah, right. Sorry about that. Uh, sorry about the little no uh, little uh, tangent there, but in fact, I don't even know where my StreamYard tab is. There it is. Okay, here you are, back <laughs> back in again. Um, so what were we saying? Oh, we were talking about standards, like standardization right. of digital IDs. So yeah, I'm kind of curious. I think I would take it for a thing. I think I would start using it as a thing okay i'm me so i'll start using it as a thing as right. soon as the right. as soon as illinois adopts it but i will start to take it seriously when it's a nfc type terminal where you know a cop walks up to your room uh, your window and says license and registration you tap the phone and he gets it and then we're done like that's the end of that transaction or not not the end of that transaction i'm sure there's going to be a ticket following but anyway <laughs> that's the end of like me giving I mean, the, you just pay the it right there stuff using your using so, your digital transaction your, right exactly and you know what hey maybe when he does that i can just pay the ticket right away that's what i'm saying you just pay it right there mm-hmm. you know in fact, why can't you do that? That's a really good question. Because the because <laughs> there are no standards in the federal government right now. Let's yeah. Go. Anyway, or state. I, so I, yeah, it's it's it's. A, I'm, I'm like you. I probably would adopt it just because I tend to be not the earliest of adopters, but uh, you know, it it's interesting. Yeah. I mean, I I think this kind of in a way goes back to. Um, I think you mentioned this in in our last podcast about uh, the video that Michael Fisher did about it. It was really about using your smartphone with like a, a digital display. Like, I, I don't remember what the, the name of, of the, the next doc, the next doc. Exactly. Yeah. Right. But my, my dream is to be able to use one, you know, small device like this phone that I'm holding in my hand right here as like my workstation for yeah. my graphic design, my digital ID, all that stuff. I mean, and it sounds great, of course, until you like lose it or, <laughs> you know. Yeah, but... you, you are putting all your eggs in one basket right. there. But, but, uh, but just it... imagine, just imagine an M1 iPhone. Whew. Oh, I... that would be like, 
And, and so, like, for context, uh, for context, I should mention, and I mentioned this to you off air, Cliff, but, and I, and I tweeted this the other day, but I opened up a hundred JPEGs in Photoshop on my M1 MacBook Air. Like, this is a base model. I think it's got, I think it has the, did I say it has the seven core GPU? I, was, it's, I think it's like a base model. It has 16 gigs of RAM, so. You know, it's not okay. the base base model, right. and it has a 512 gig SSD. Thank you very much, Digital Trends. But I I opened up 100 JPEGs in Photoshop in 15 seconds. Yes. I mean, it was like here's one picture. Here's all the rest. (laughs) I mean, it was just, it was literally that fast. If I did the same thing on my Legion 5i that I'm using right now, that would take four or five minutes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I, because I do it all the time. And I'm just like, holy crap, I really need to use this MacBook more. (laughs) But I mean, it's just, it's crazy. So, like, imagine an M1 iPhone. Oh, with a next dock or something. I would love it. I mean, it. it doesn't have to be a next dock, but like you take that to your to work, you plug it into a dumb terminal, and it comes up, and mm-hmm. you've got your mouse and everything. Now it's 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 Apple, so it'll suck as a desktop interface. But well, just because yeah, using an iPad as a laptop is oh, half baked. But but there's no reason you couldn't have something like a, a Ready Four or a Nex, or I'm sorry, a Dex sort of interface yeah. that makes it more. Uh, Mac, Mac OS, OS like, right? Exactly. Yeah. Um, so, but speaking of which, as an aside, I'm definitely going to try out Ready for when I get a chance. Just yes, please do. Mm-hmm. Please do. Just to tell You've you how a, bad it is. You have a couple of uh, devices there I that do. you need a, an extra monitor for. I so, do. by all means, let's talk about them. But anyway, all right. So before we move on, we should do our patron shoutouts because that's what we do here on the Benefit of a Doubt podcast. If you are a patron at the five dollar level or more, you will get a shout out on every Doubting Thomas monthly recap, except for us nobody noticed. <laughs> anyway. Uh-huh. Uh, so uh, we're going to just start from the top and work our way down. First is Haim. Thank you very much, Haim. Next is Cliff, who is for some reason still paying me to be on this podcast. <laughs> thank you, Cliff. Uh, Josh Stone. Thank you, Josh. Mike Hahn. Thank you, Mike. Friend of the show, Bender OG. And go check out his Lego build. Actually, I think he's doing a Lego build today. Neil Wilson. Thank you very much, Neil. Scott Brady. Thank you, Scott. And Zachary Palmer. Thank you very much, Zachary Palmer. Yes, so, thank you guys. Those are, me. those are our patrons. Thank you very much, patrons. You're keeping this show on the air. And uh, that's almost literally the case at this point. So just uh, FYI, tell a friend, benefitofadow.com. Anyway, so then we should move on to, I think this is going to be our final story, maybe. We might have something else to talk about. But the Mac Studio came out this month. And... Wonderful news, Mac fans. It's You have access to the removable SSD in there. It's not soldered to the board. But, oops, if you try to put any other SSD in there, even one from another Mac Studio, like if you bought a second Mac Studio, took the SSD out of that and put it into the first one because there's an extra slot in there, the computer will not turn on because Apple blocks it at a software level which is a dick move apple yes, yes just it is. a major dick move and this comes on the heels of apple announcing hey you could fix your own iphone so the right, right to repair movement's like holy crap that's amazing and speaking of which um 
Samsung did the same thing this week. Saw that. Um, announcing like right to repair initiatives and whatnot. Partnering and then with iFixit, actually, I believe, in coming yeah, up with and then, support, yeah. But then Apple turns around and pulls this BS? What the hell? So, I mean, that raises the question, and the, the more philosophical question that I wanted to talk to Cliff about was when you buy a piece of hardware, who gets to control what you do with it? Because the answer should be the person who forked over the four grand for the Mac Studio. But that's not always the answer, and that sucks. So talk amongst ourselves. Well, so here, here's my thing with it. I, my sort of compromise in my mind that I've always had is if you do decide to open up your hardware that you have purchased with your own money, and you do something like uh, you know replace memory or replace a hard drive, it could be within you know within the rights of the manufacturer to say sure you can do this but it voids your warranty i feel like that is like a a good compromise if they're going to be that strict about it right that's about as far as they're allowed to go right (laughs) and and yeah not, not all manufacturers are that strict i mean i i have an hp laptop that it's a it's a workstation granted so it is actually meant for like uh you know, to to be opened up in the service by an IT. Futsery. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, but I've upgraded. I've added an extra SSD in it. I've upgraded the memory in it, uh, and it's and my warranty is still valid. I I, you know, Apple for since I guess the MacBook Air um, that came out has has been making uh, computers that were not easy to. Um, enter into and to replace components in and most of the time they're just soldered to the motherboard mm-hmm. what is particularly egregious about this is that you can as you said access the ssd and physically replace it you it just won't work <laughs> it just won't work and uh, and like and to be fair apple's not the only apple's right. not the only um culprit here tesla famously had uh, a number of cars that got an upgrade. Like, I think, I, I don't remember the exact story. This happened a few years ago, but basically there were a number of like, I'm just going to say Model 3s. I'm going to make up some stuff here that um, suddenly got a boost in range because Elon Musk decided to give them a boost of range. And it was just a software update. Mm-hmm. They just took it in for like, I, I don't even think they had to take it in. I think it was just a firmware update that they ran. Well, and suddenly your range went from 210 miles to 240 miles, Tesla, which but- means the hardware was always there, Correct. but it was blocked mm-hmm. from use, which is a, just another level. I mean, I don't think it's Apple level of BS because Apple's like physically preventing you from using things if you mess with it. Whereas Tesla is just like, you know, we have this. We're just not going to let you use it unless you pay us for it. Right. But it's still it's we're such a hardware versus software type of culture right now. Right. Like everything, everything that we have has software in it. Like my my refrigerator probably needs firmware updates. I know, you know my oven like, gets firmware updates. I can tell I you. I know that. your oven does <laughs> firmware updates. I think we actually didn't we do a tech yeah on your oven <laughs> I one think time. So, yeah. so like you know it's it just it's just such. It's 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 slimy. It feels slimy. It feels gross that companies have this much control over a product that you bought. You know, back in the day, if you bought a coffee maker and you wanted to make margaritas out of it, you know, that was that was your choice to make, you know, and that's probably a terrible analogy. But whatever, I'm going to run so, with it. So there's two sides of this, right? Like I in just the way I'm thinking about it. number one, I hate 
that a $2,000 computer is not upgradable. You know, yeah. you, you literally... A $4,000 computer? Yeah. <laughs> this is a Mac Studio, this is bro. Apple, uh, right. This is Apple in general, though. What you what you buy is what you are stuck with. You can't even upgrade the RAM in a Mac. And so, you, I mean, that's the cautionary... Mm-hmm thing with buying a mac these days is you have to you have to think for the future if you intend if you intend on you know keeping the computer for a while um and for some people you know eight gigabytes of ram is fine because you know they just may be a mom and pop kind of person just sitting around and accessing it for the you know using it for the browsing and just maybe looking at photos of of their grandkids but um you know it it bothers me but especially when the costs are as high as they are but the other side sure. of this is I think with the specifically with the Mac, uh, I'm sorry, is it's, it's the, uh, the, um, it's Mac, the Mac studio. studio. That's right. Yeah. I wanted to call it the, this, I don't know. That, the, this is the problem with naming conventions. It's like they, they've introduced a new, I mean, they've had studio displays before, but it's just, it's not in my, it's not in my Apple vernacular in my head quite yet to say Mac studio. Yeah. Mac Pro, yes, um, but you know this is this is most likely I'm guessing to make it easier to service uh, the Mac by you know when if you take it into a an Apple store, that would mm-hmm. be my guess. I I don't know else why else they would do it because I think well and I think they also have that for configuration too, like if you wanna if you wanna if so basically Apple only needs to make like one. Mac Studio, right. and they put in whatever SSDs people order. So if they order an eight gig or an eight terabyte SSD, then they put in like two fours. Or if they someone or they, but for the same unit, if someone orders like a one terabyte SSD, then they put in just a single less, you know SSD. Less I think. SKUs essentially, yeah, that, yeah, that basically makes, that makes that makes sense. Um, and you know, if if you have the understanding that this is the way it is when you go into purchase it. So in the end though, what it, what it makes is, is, is a product that, you know, lifespan wise might not last as long as it could otherwise, because you can't upgrade it. And when, you know, uh, the, the materials that go into Silicon are, are and, and in, into electronics in general are, you know, scarcer and scarcer, um, specifically yeah. when it comes to, you know, like the processors and stuff like that. And while there are recycling programs, it just seems like it would be nice for the computers to be able to last longer. Especially sure. a computer that is not reliant on a battery, right? Like it's not like the the Mac Studio has a battery in it that's just going to eventually the capacity is going to wear out or something. So, right, I don't know. It, it, right, yeah. So that's I, I didn't I don't think I really made like one particular statement there, but I I have mixed feelings about it. I really do, and mostly negative. Yeah, I I don't have mixed feelings about it. I think this is just flat out wrong. I think that if, and especially because of the hoops that you have to jump through to get to this SSD, I mean, like it's not a, it's not for the faint of heart. I'll be totally honest. It's, it's, it's really not. So I think, I think that this is just Apple exerting control over something that it should have zero right to exert control over. I mean, maybe there's an argument to be made, but you know, honestly, if you want to stop people from messing with it, solder the damn thing closed. Right. Yeah, I mean, really, that's that's all you have to do, you know. Don't make it openable, you know, or make it so you need like a special tool to open right. it or something. Right. Like, there is zero reason why Apple should be able to do this. There is, I mean, I in my world, there is just no reason why Apple should be able to control this on a software level 
you know, especially the control hardware from a software right. level. Yeah. It also, to me, can really makes me concerned about the future of the Mac Pro in terms of, of, of what it has always been. You know, it's it's been their workstation and it has always had expansion cards and you've been able to upgrade your memory and, and uh, you know, install new hard disk drives and things like that. And so you weren't, that, that was the thing. In fact, with Apple computers and forever the thing that she did was you you got the the faster processor and then you bought the the ram upgrade separately and you can't you can't do that on anything but a mac pro now and i know that supposedly a i mean it's inevitable that a an m1 or you know or or apple silicon based mac pro is going to come and and you know is this like the end of the the road for upgradable apple hardware yeah yeah, although I'm not, I'm not really sure how much of a road that was to begin with, but yeah, it's just, it's just really, it just sucks. I mean, really, that's what it boils down to is it just flat out sucks. You know, one thing, one thing I wanted to point out before we, uh, before we take off, I think we're pretty much done with this topic. But uh, one thing I wanted to point out was uh, I also got, in addition to the OnePlus 10 Pro, I got the oh. Gradient Silver <laughs> OnePlus Buds. Now they have been better. Oh, they have? So, yeah. So, um, I had miles of problems with these things the first day that I took them out to use them. But I just wanted to show you, like, this finish, this gradient silver finish. I am going to do nothing right now but squeeze it. Ready? (laughs) (laughs) This is the first set of earbuds I have ever had that slides itself off the table. This thing is like holding a bar of soap. I I kid you not. It is just it is just crazy how slippery these things are. So if I ever lose these, it's gonna be because they like slipped out of my head and like fell down the sewer right. or something. And like the buds themselves have the same coating on it. So like you know if you try to yeah see <laughs> this, is, this is what I'm talking He's lost about. Lost them on air, folks. But like, you know, this part here, like up by up by where the ear is, like this is all slippery too. It's really hard to like fumble these back into the case. So I don't know what OnePlus was thinking when they came up with this with this finish, but I've I've just... got two words that they were thinking. <laughs> ooh shiny. Yeah, it's ooh shiny, and that's really about it. No, no, so like Honestly, two days ago, these these earbuds were sitting at like a solid three out of ten. <laughs> I'd say they're I'd say they're more like a six or a seven okay. at this point. So they're they've they've behaved a little bit better. I still don't necessarily like them, but they're they're better. But um, <laughs> all right. So um, now that my mouse has completely refused to connect to my computer because I've been trying to futz with that for the last twenty minutes while we've been on air, while I've been letting Cliff talk, while I've been trying to get my mouse to reconnect. But that is not happening, so we're going to go ahead and just wrap this puppy up. And that means that is going to do it for this episode of the podcast. Please consider subscribing to this podcast if you enjoyed it. And if you really enjoyed it, I would love it if you would write a review for the show or comment down below if you're watching this on YouTube. If you want some early access, jump onto Patreon at patreon.com slash benefit of a doubt. You could write to the show by visiting benefit of a doubt slash contact. I'd like to thank co-producer Cliff for all of his hard work behind the scenes and for coming on and chatting with me about the month that was. But most of all, and as always, I'd like to thank you for listening and for giving me the benefit of the doubt.